Get ready to get healthy. Health Talk, committed to helping Alaskans reach their full health potential. Brought to you by the Alaska Center for Natural Medicine. Here's your host, Dr. Scott Looper, your guide to good health. Good morning, Fairbanks, and welcome to Health Talk. My name is Dr. Scott Looper, and I'm your host today as we talk about health, how to get it, and how to keep it. Our guest today is Dr. Jeff Zuckerman. Dr. Zuckerman is a radiologist who works at the Fairbanks Ultrasound. Today, we're going to talk about osteoporosis. Dr. Zuckerman, welcome to Health Talk. Thank you. So, Dr. Zuckerman, let's start off just by the big picture here. Talk, tell us about osteoporosis and why it's important. Well, osteoporosis is uh, basically a disease of bone loss. It's a silent disease. And uh, one in two women in their life will get um, osteoporosis, which is probably the, the largest um, health risk in the U.S. right now. Really? More than cancer and heart disease? Correct. So, okay, so osteoporosis, basically you have bone loss, so you're at increased risk for fractures. Okay, so what? Well, basically there's there's three types of fractures that you become at risk for with osteoporosis. It's fracture of the wrist, fracture of the spine, or fracture of the hip. And in increasing order, the significance of those uh, impact people's lives. Okay, so let's talk about the wrist uh, the wrist fracture first. I mean, obviously, well, I imagine what's happening here is that somebody trips and falls or whatever, loses their balance for some reason. They reach out with their hand to block their fall. Bam, land hard, break their wrist. Now they're in a cast. Now they have some pain. Maybe afterwards they have some arthritis. This is not a good thing, but this is not necessarily life-threatening. I mean, unless you fall you break your wrist and then fall and crack your head open or something like that, right? Correct. So, but it's the, that's the, probably the least important of these fractures that, that people, particularly women, are at risk for. But there's also the spine fracture and the hip fracture. Tell us about those. Well, <clears throat> spine fractures uh, are probably the most common of all three fractures that occur. And they result in what everyone knows is loss of height, curvature of the spine, and pain, chronic back pain. And uh, the, the spine fractures can occur, actually, without any trauma at all. Um, the, they start getting narrowing of, of the actual vertebral bodies. Um, that's the bone and the discs in between, and it causes degeneration. So really what happens is their spine slowly but surely crumbles. It Coll collapses. It collapses. It crunches together and gets smaller and smaller. And what happens is these folks it tend to get back pain. I mean, this is, this is a serious cause of back pain. The nerves get pinched. Chronic back pain. Okay. Now, let me tell a story because I actually have some insight into this osteoporosis and what it's like and what it can do. My very best friend in high school um, had a wonderful grandmother, grandparents actually, and we would uh, go over and visit them. And grandma was, in particular, was a character. She was full of energy. She baked. She did stuff. She was active. She was just this really just ball of fire, just this, this character in my life who I, I adored. And then, you know, in her mid-80s, she fell and broke her hip. And what I got to do is we kept visiting her, but what I got to see was that she basically wicked out. It was almost like seeing a, a flame that was br bright, just got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until whoop, it went away and she eventually died. It was amazing to me because I'd seen other people get broken bones. My friends got broken bones. They would snowboard and fall funny and break their leg and they would, you know, have a cast and we would sign it and they would get better and they'd still be okay. But that's not what happened with her. It sapped the life force out of her and she just died from it. 
So it's much more serious. I mean, I, really, I was a teenager at the time, but I really got firsthand to see what can happen when somebody gets osteoporosis, breaks a bone, and then it ends up taking their life, right? Correct. Between uh, 5 and 20% of people that have hip fractures have serious complications, including death. Um, <clears throat> the hip fracture is by far the most serious, and it's the most costly in terms of society for the patient. Um, an interesting fact is that when younger women fall because of their inner ear, they tend to fall forward and break their wrists. When older women fall, they either fall to the side or backwards because of the inner ear, and they break their hips. So it's a much more significant injury as we age. Right, and then she basically, again, it just saps the strength and energy out of you. So it's such a serious impact. You know, it's, in a way, it was like cancer. It just sapped her strength, her energy, her will to live, and she ended up dying from this. So it's a very serious public health issue, much more so than you, you've pointed that out. I'm just re- reinforcing or, or agreeing with you that you point out that that's what's going on. Um, so, okay, so then the next question is, how can you tell if someone's got osteoporosis, if someone's at increased risk of having a fracture? Well, let's talk a little bit about the risk factors. Um, the most common risk factor, the, the, the largest risk, risk factor is being a woman. I mean, that's number one. And uh, That covers a lot of people. Well, and one, <laughs> one, in, one in two women will, will become osteoporotic in their lifetime. So that's 50%. Um, then there's other risk factors that include family history, your race. Um, white women and Asian women are at increased risk, Asians at the highest, and black women at the lowest risk. Um, cigarette smoking, alcohol consumption, lack of exercise, steroid or other medication use, um, there's liver disease, other other risk factors that go into uh, becoming osteoporotic. Okay, so what you're saying really is anything that slows down the the metabolism of your bones. Well, I would say anything that causes the, the bones are constantly metabolizing. So there's there's always a balance between building bone and losing bone. At some point in the in your life, you end up losing more bone than you build bone. Between the age of 25 and 35 is when you want to have the peak bone mass you possibly can because after that you start losing bone. And it becomes even more accelerated in both women and men when women become, uh, when they go into menopause and when men start losing their testosterone. Okay. All right. So that's interesting because this is a disease mostly of old people. What you're saying, though, is the best time to treat it is when you're a young person. Correct. When you don't know you even have it. That is correct. And if you even if you do have it, you can't feel it. That's correct. There's absolutely no feeling of osteoporosis. There's not even a twinge of anything until the problems start, until your bones begin to break. It's a silent disease. Absolutely silent. Yep. And again, the best time to treat it is when you're young. Okay, now this is not, we're not painting a happy picture here. <laughs> well, it's not all bad. <laughs> all right. So let's try to put a positive spin on this thing. <laughs> and there is some positive that's going on here. All right, before I do that, though, I want to remind our listeners that you can call and pose your questions to Dr. Zuckerman about osteoporosis and bone health. And we are going to be talking here about 
the ways to identify this, and it's really kind of the key thing, is to be able to do the appropriate testing to figure out if you even have it, right? And then what you can do to prevent it or even treat it. I mean, there's actually some things that you can do. It's interesting, though, when I was in medical school, I was taught that you couldn't treat it, that you can't build bone. All you could do is maybe slow down the loss a little bit. But actually, that's not the case, that much has been discovered, and there's actually some tools we actually have now to reverse osteoporosis, or at least a way slow it down at the very least. But if you do want to pose your questions, you got to call us here at the studio. And the number to call is 458-8255. That's 458-TALK. All right. So, Dr. Zuckerman, let's let's talk a little bit more about, um, well, I don't know if I want to get into the whole testing thing quite yet. Let's, I'll tell you what, let's take a break right now. And then when we come back, we'll talk about doing things to identify people that have um, osteoporosis. At the Alaska Center for Natural Medicine, we provide natural health care. Our doctors help you find and overcome obstacles to your good health. Now located at 3039 Davis Road, the Alaska Center for Natural Medicine provides acupuncture, pain management, massage, and naturopathic medical care. Call for an appointment at 452-3600. Insurance is welcome. The Alaska Center for Natural Medicine, here to help you reach your full health potential. health starts with an open mind. Time now for more Health Talk. Welcome back to Health Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Looper, and Dr. Jeff Zuckerman is our guest today, and we're talking about osteoporosis. The number to call with your questions and comments is 458-8255. That's 458-TALK. So let me just summarize. We're talking about osteoporosis, and really the key thing is with osteoporosis is it's a silent disease. You can't tell what you have it. And if you do have it and you get a fracture, that fracture can, in fact, take your life. And even if it doesn't take your life, it is dang inconvenient to have a broken bone, especially if you have osteoporosis, because the whole healing process tends to take a lot of energy out of you, take longer, and just be more have a more serious impact on your overall quality of life and your ability to deal with other health problems. I mean, just the, the obvious thing here, which is if you have a fracture, the chances are you're not going to be exercising as much. And without exercise, your vitality is going to go down and your ability to actually build bone is going to go down. So the more osteoporosis you have, the more fractures you have, the more it makes you likely to have osteoporosis and down, down, down you go. The key thing is, is to identify people who are at risk so that you can intervene. Dr. Zuckerman, that's the main thing, reason why you're on the show today, because that's what you do. So first of all, tell us about your um, imaging center what you guys do in general, and then let's talk specifically about the testing that you can do for osteoporosis. Well, we we are Fairbanks Ultrasound, and um, we do all facets of ultrasound for one. So we do everything from looking at the hard echocardiograms to thyroid to women's imaging, the uterus, um, breast, scrotum, abdomen, we do. We'll look at the tendons with ultrasound. We adjust lap bands with ultrasound. So basically, um, ultrasound is a way to see inside the body without any radiation. It is correct. the safest way to peer into people. So I've got a great advantage to it. The problem is, as you know, is that the image is a little fuzzy. So sometimes you can't see exactly what's going on, right? Correct. I mean, for the most part, though, the, the quality of, of ultrasound has improved so much that uh, it's pretty... Pretty easy to see inside people. So a lot of times so. you don't need to do an X-ray, you don't need to do an MRI. You can do an ultrasound, which is less expensive, less interventional, 
In terms of the radiation, MRIs don't have any radiation in them, at least not anything damaging radiation, but certainly x-rays do. Yeah, an ultrasound is a much cheaper, quicker test. Okay. Um, so, Dr. Zuckman, I'm curious about the, the, the DEXA scan, but before we talk about DEXA scan, I want to remind people that you can pose your questions. All you need to do is dial us here at the studio at 458-8255, and we have a call. Hi, welcome to Health Talk. Boop. We had a call. We try again? Hi, welcome to Health Talk. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, I was wondering, does taking calcium at a young age help reduce your risk? Basically, all women, even young women, should be, and actually everybody, should be taking calcium and vitamin D and exercising. I mean, that's the mainstay of treatment across the board. And that's the, the, the best prevention at a young age is exercise, calcium, and vitamin D. And when I say exercise, I mean weight-bearing exercise, uh, exercise that's going to increase your bone mass. So exercise that... You're like walking or running or jogging or weightlifting or something that gravity is pulling on you. Something along the lines of swimming or water aerobics or those kinds of things. So they're very beneficial. I mean, they really help you a lot. But there's not much gravity pulling on your bones. So the stimulus for your bones to grow is much less from those kinds of exercise. Correct. Okay. Good. That's a good question. In terms of later in the show, we're going to talk more about the various kinds of things and supplements and such that you can do to to maximize your your bone growth. So um, thank you, caller, for your question. Dr. Zuckerman, tell us about the the testing that you do to um, screen people for osteoporosis. Well, the world standard is is called DEXA. And this is uh, all the standards are based on uh, the World Health Organization's definition of osteoporosis and osteopenia, and this is based on huge populations of people all over the world. So the DEXA machine is the standard in the industry, and that's what we have at Fairbanks Ultrasound. Um, what it does is it graphs your bone density based on your age against all other women that have uh, bone density in that age group. And so it takes a statistical difference um, to determine where you fall within that range, whether you're osteoporotic or osteopenic, which is the gray zone in between, or normal. So basically, I've seen these these come back, and what it is that there's a band, and there's different colors in it, and there's a line through the center, and whether you're above or below that average, it'll it'll rate that. If you're way above it, you have particularly strong bones. If you're way below it, you have particularly weak bones. Eventually, you get to the point where you're low enough, you get classified as osteoporosis, right? Correct. And osteoporosis on DEXA scanning is based on whatever is the lowest area that you have. So if, let's say, your hip and your spine are normal, but your wrist is osteoporotic, then you have osteoporosis. It puts you at risk even to have a fracture in your spine or hip, even though the bone density is normal. So one of the things about this DEXA scan is its thoroughness. It is standard, I mean, state-of-the-art for having the best assessment of your risk. And the reason why, one of the reasons why, and we'll talk more about that, but one of the reasons why is because it looks at three parts of your body. It looks at your hip, it looks at your spine, and it looks at your wrist, right? Correct. Okay, so... Um, again, if you have questions, you can call us right here at the studio. Just call us here at 458-8255, and we have a question. Hi, welcome to Health Talk. Hi, I had a question for the doctor. Go ahead. I'm wondering if my mom or my aunt have osteoporosis, kind of as they got older, their spine seemed to curve down. Am I more at risk, even if I drank milk when I was younger? Um, 
if if you have a family history of osteoporosis, then that is a risk factor for you, regardless of whether you're on calcium or vitamin D. So that puts you at higher risk. You should still be on calcium, vitamin D, and exercising, but it is a risk factor. Family history is a risk factor. Okay, thanks. Thanks for your question. Okay, so tell us again why, or tell us more about why the DEXA scan is particularly effective at identifying people who are at risk for osteoporosis. Well, the, the, DEXA, the DEXA scanner classifies you, like I said, in the category based on your age and you, where you fall within that range, whether you're normal, osteopenic, or osteoporotic. Now, if you're osteopenic in the gray zone, what we have on our scanner, and it's the only um, <clears throat> technique here in Fairbanks, is what's called a FRAX assessment. That FRAX assessment allows y- the provider to treat a patient within that osteopenic range d- depending on where they fall. Okay, so really what it's, it's a matter of it's not like you have osteoporosis or you don't. There's this zone in the middle where your bone density is lower, but you haven't made it low enough to meet the criteria of osteoporosis. It's osteopenia, right. which is halfway, really. Right. Now, some people in osteopenia, they're just like, eh, whatever, you're okay. Take calcium, vitamin D exercise, just like everybody else, and that's fine. Other folks, they may be at increased risk because of their exposure to medications, because of their strong family history, because of their race, maybe a combination of things all coming together. And you can say, look, that's somebody who's going to go bad. And your machine takes that into account with this FRAX score. Correct. You can put that information in, and it helps to refine the actual risk you have. Not just like, yeah, here's what your bones are, but really to boil it down. Okay, okay. so the other thing that's interesting to me is that how does this machine work? Why is it so accurate? Well, it's, it, it basically is, is an X-ray admit, emitting source, and I want everyone to understand that the amount of radiation that this gives you is very, very small. I mean, it's basically less than, than a plane flight would give you. So it's extremely low-dose radiation, and it uses two different energy sources, and it does a, a mathematical calculation to determine your bone density. So it's kind of like getting two very, very weak x-rays at the same time and comparing the two pictures to get an accurate, you know, measurement of what your bone density is. Essentially, that's correct. Okay. So actually, how do you, how do you do it? Is this, you lay down, you stand up? I mean, how does it work? Um, you lay down on a table and uh, there's, a, there's a, uh, a detector over the top and it basically scans uh, from top to bottom and creates a picture and also the graph. How, how long does it take to get the results? Oh, it's it's maybe a, a five, ten minute study. Okay, so the thing about the results, so they're, they're not the easiest thing for a lay person to interpret all the time, right? Well, it's, it's fairly easy because the graph shows exactly where you fall in that range, so you can understand at least where your baseline bone density is. Now, let's talk about baseline testing. Now, any woman that's 50 years of age and has any risk factor should, should be tested. Um, all women 65 or older and all men 70 older should be tested. So it's not just women. Men, too, are at risk for osteoporosis. Absolutely. Okay, let's go over those numbers again. So it's any woman with a risk factor who's age 50 or older and any woman, period, age 65 or older and any man, period, age 70 or older. Correct. And as a physician, I really like this test because it gives me a way to figure out not only where someone is and what their risk is, whether we need to intervene or not, but it also lets me know if the treatments have worked because we're going to treat this thing. 
And if we, when we run the DEXA scan again in six months or two years, now you're screening it's two years, but for me, I might, I'm, I'm going to run quicker. I don't want to wait two years to see if we're on the right track or not. I'll run it in six months or a year, depending on the situation, depending on how hard we want to push and how much risk is involved. Somebody's really at risk. I'm going to push really hard and see if we're on the right track. Anyways, it gives me a chance to measure progress because, again, you can't tell. It doesn't show. You don't get a pain. It doesn't hurt unless you've already started breaking your bones. Correct. Okay, so I like that about the DEXA scan. All right, um, the other thing is um, how – does somebody need a prescription to get this? Can they just walk in? Tell us about that. Uh, You you know, generally uh, they do need um, a provider to to write an order for it. Um, And, you know, everyone in town – can do that. So, I mean, that that's pretty easy to get, get testing done. And again, the reason why is because when you get the result back, you need to have somebody to coach you on how to interpret that result, how to match it to your particular situation, and to come up with a treatment that's actually going to be effective and, and turn it around. Correct. Okay. All right. Good. So... Anything else you want to t- say about DEXA scanning? Well, we, we maybe we should talk a little bit about the, the treatment options and and I I can go over a few that that I know but I think you probably can comment more on on that. Well, as with most things, I tend to know a little about this kind of stuff. I might right. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of what I do. <laughs> and uh we do have 2 minutes to do this so <laughs> well, let's start that conversation. All well, right. We we could do it quickly. You know, calcium vitamin D is the mainstay of treatment and that's everyone should be on that basically whether you have osteoporosis or not. Um, and then, you know, medically you could be treated with um, hormones, um, estrogens, for example, testosterone for males, or the bisphosphonates, which uh, is like actinel and, you know, all the... Fosamax. All, Fosamax, yeah. correct. Those tend to actually increase the, 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 quali- the, the quantity of the bone, but not the quality of the bone necessarily. It's, okay, so let's talk about bisphosphonates. Let's start that conversation about those, because this is the most controversial part of this whole thing, because bisphosphonates do, in fact, increase bone mass. Correct. You want to increase bone mass, you can take a bisphosphonate and do it before and after, and you will see a difference. But, what's the but? Well, they, you know, they, there are side effects. Um, a lot of people have GI complaints with them. They can't take them. Um, there is uh, what's called osteonecrosis of the jaw, where actually the bone dies in the jaw. That's a risk factor. You with that? Yeah, that's, <laughs> we not, hate it probably, when that happens. Probably not a good one. <laughs> um, and and then also the cost. It, the, you know, they're they're fairly expensive when you compare them to uh, natural hormones, for example. Okay. The other thing I don't like about them is they do increase bone mass, but they don't increase bone mass in an organized fashion. It tends to disorganize bone. Bone is not just calcium piled up. It's structured in a, in a way to provide the maximum amount of strength and the minimum amount of weight. There's a there's an architecture to it. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about the treatment, particularly this bisphosphonate thing. We'll be back with more Health Talk in a moment. Welcome back to Health Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Looper, and we're here today to do what we can to help you live your best life. Our guest today is Dr. Jeff Zuckerman. Dr. Zuckerman is a radiologist who works at Fairbanks Ultrasound. And today we're talking about osteoporosis. Now, you can join the conversation by calling us here at the studio at 458-8255. That's 458-TALK. 
You can also listen to our conversation anywhere in the world by streaming it on your computer. Just go to the KFAR660.com site and click on the Listen Live Now button. And we actually have a lot of listeners across the country that actually click on that button and listen to it. We occasionally get calls from, like, Minnesota and Arizona and those kinds of places. So, anyways, it's interesting. You can listen to the show anywhere. All right, now, let's let's do the review again for the folks who have just joined the show. We're talking about osteoporosis, and we're talking about osteoporosis in particular because it's such an impactful disease. It's much more prevalent and has a much more serious impact on society as a whole. And... You can't tell when you have it. It's just totally silent. So, Dr. Zuckman, kind of put it into perspective. How much of a public health impact does this disease have? Well, 28 million people will get osteoporosis diagnosed per year. And it has about a $38 million cost effect per day on society. Wow, it's per significant. Day. That's per day. huge. That's huge. That really is a huge. It's, it's amazing we don't talk about it more because it is such a serious quality of life, public health problem. I'm so glad you're on the show today. Now, again, if you want to pose your question to Dr. Zuckerman, dial us here at the studio at 458-8255, and we have a call. Hi, welcome to Health Talk. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm calling because um, a friend of mine rec- uh, recommended, because she takes uh, strontium along with, she takes strontium in the morning, calcium and vitamin D at night. And I just wondered what your, as your thoughts were for using this. Let me go ahead to and help take, let me for go healthier ahead. bones. Yeah, let okay. me. I'll take Thanks. that question. And you're right. Strontium is helpful. The research shows that strontium builds bone. It's a little-known substance. Now, I gotta tell you, in in the big perspective of things, strontium is not the most important thing to take. Clearly, the number one thing that's most important is calcium, because calcium is what the bones are made of. The next most important thing is often overlooked, and that's magnesium. Though magnesium doesn't constitute a very large portion of bone, it's extremely important in the deposition of calcium into bone. If you want to get calcium into bones, really what you need to do is take it along with magnesium. Now, there's some other players here. Strontium is one. Boron is another. Vitamin D is huge because you can't get the calcium absorbed unless you have vitamin D. It's dependent. Absorption of calcium is dependent on the availability of calcium in your body. If your vitamin D levels are too low, you simply cannot get the calcium in. Another often overlooked thing is hydrochloric acid. Now, a lot of folks go, what? How's that relate to it? But it's really quite simple. In order for your body to absorb calcium, it's got to have a sticky spot. It's got to have a spot that your body can attach things to and pull it in. Without that sticky spot, we can't get a hold of it. We're talking like atoms here, right? It's hard to get a hold of these atoms. The sticky spot is created when the calcium goes through an acid bath. When it goes through an acid bath, it becomes activated, it becomes ionic, so your body can get a hold of it. Now, if you have low stomach acid, this process is much reduced, and your absorption of calcium goes way down. It's interesting, a lot of the calcium research that looks at absorption uses medical students. You know, young men and women who are in the prime of their health, and they find that the calcium that they take tends to be absorbed around a range of about 40%. But if you look at elderly women you know, who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, their amount of stomach acid goes way down. And if they have low stomach acid, their absorption of calcium goes down to about 4%. So it really matters how much stomach acid you have. So strontium is important, but there's a bunch of other things that are important too. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. Okay, so um, 
we, where were we at? <laughs> That's such an excellent call. It really got me off track. <laughs> well, oh, we're, 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 we're actually touching on the treatment, which you just talked quite a bit about. Well, actually, it turns out we have another call. So <laughs> Now, before I take the call, I want to remind our listeners, you can also pose your question by dialing us here at the studio, 458-8255. Hi, welcome to Health Talk. Boop. You can dial, you can call us back. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, we were talking about bisphosphonates is what we were doing. So bisphosphonates are a very common treatment. Now, of course, physicians do know that calcium is important, vitamin D is important, exercise is important, but the bisphosphonates are a tool that doctors can use to build bone. And it's been proven that the bisphosphonates do build bone. The problem is, and we've had actually had a health news minutes, we pointed this out, had discussed this on the show before, is the bone that's created with bisphosphonates isn't organized, or at least not as organized as normal bone. So over years, uh, some folks are at increased risk for other kinds of fractures, kind of strange fractures, fractures that don't normally go according to the typical pattern. They'll pick up weird fractures. Uh, and really what we're looking at here is that the bone, even though it's denser, isn't as strong. So this is a concern, and this is you know fairly um, controversial right now because a lot of folks, you know, it's like what else do we do kind of thing. This is the best tool we have. It turns out there are a lot of other alternative uh, things that you can do to build bone. And in fact, after we take another call, we'll talk about some more of those. But let's take a call right now. Hi, welcome to Health Talk. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> Maybe when you're talking about vitamin D, you stress the importance of vitamin D3 as opposed to vitamin D2. That's true. Actually, vitamin D2 will work. The problem is if you use high levels of it, the chance of it being toxic and getting toxic side effects go up. Vitamin D2 is is effective, but vitamin D3 is, in fact, the form that's naturally occurring in humans. And it turns out if you use the naturally occurring form of nearly anything, it tends to work better. So, so that's a good point. So if I do this, whatever it was you were talking about, the flexible something, uh, until whether or not I got a broken back, right? The DEXA. Well, it's not necessarily that's going to find your broken back. Dr. Sigmund, tell us more about this. Um, actually, it does generate a picture. So we, we could tell if you've had a, a fracture there. And <clears throat> just getting back to the bone density test, um, you, you know, when people start having fractures in their spine, their vertebral bodies collapse. So their bones actually look denser than they are. So when pa- patients are sh- actually start fracturing their spine and come in for a bone density test, sometimes we have to actually throw out that measurement in the spine because it's higher than it really should be because the bone is denser because it's collapsed. Crushed in correct, a way. Yeah. Correct. So we can actually see some, some of the, the, you know, it's not the same as an x-ray, although we can see the, the bone itself. Okay, I got another thing. Maybe this time when you have your health minute. Yeah. You can get the uh, board up and turn off your mics so we can hear it. Oh, <laughs> thanks for that tip. All right. <laughs> All right, I appreciate that. Okay, and we we have another call. Oop. Hi, welcome to Health Talk. Um, yes, um, I was just wondering, I, I take uh, alkalizing minerals off and on, and I was just wondering if that might help. I know that uh, you need the acid for the to to break down the calcium, but... I was thinking that the alkalizing with trace minerals and stuff in it might just help promote, um, you know, hydrochloric acid also from now, your stomach. Now, when you say alkalizing minerals, what are you talking about? Well, you can buy the alkalizing minerals, the combinations, you know, with calcium, potassium, and um, and sometimes with a bunch of trace minerals from 
um, you know, the Dead Sea type things. So that that when you actually do the math on these things in terms of whether they're acid or alkaline, they're on the alkaline side as opposed to the acid well, side. Well, yes, but it has all those other things in it. So I was wondering if that if you were taking it at the same time. That's actually a good question because we really want the acid to activate these minerals so your body can absorb them. Mm-hmm. But we don't want too much acid because people generally are too acidic and we want to alkalize them. This is actually an interesting question and it's a deep question and it's a question that really we don't have the time to go into completely. Let me just say that the the best thing to do is to take minerals to keep yourself as healthy as possible so that your digestive system works. If it's If your system that is your body, isn't healthy, it's really important to talk to somebody who can actually figure out what exactly is wrong and turn it around. This is a conversation that is too hard to do on the radio because there's so many things that go into it. But again, the big picture is is your general health is hugely impactful on whether the things you take are going to do anything to help you overall. If your health is poor, chances are the stuff that you're taking isn't going to be working as well as you want it to. And really, what you need is figure out why and what to do about it. Okay. Okay. Thank right. you. Thanks for your thanks for your call. Um, let's. I want to want to talk a little bit more about um, the kind of the big picture things that will make a difference in in preventing and treating osteoporosis. Um, and one of the things that I want to we've mentioned in passing, I want to really stress is as the exercise part of this. Doctor Zuckerman, do you want to say anything else more about exercise in terms of how it's helpful? Well, you, you know, just like you said, it's it's a gravity effect. So you want it's all weight bearing. So it's the more weight that you're putting on the your bones, the more the bones are going to build to be stronger. It is a gravity effect. So when we say weight bearing exercises, like you said, swimming is probably not one of them. Although it's great for your heart, it's not the same as running, for example, or dancing or weightlifting. Yeah, getting getting that gravity. And what happens is the Gravity squeezes your bones. It pulls on your bones, and the crystals in your bones interact in such a way that they make a little tiny electric charge. It's called a piezoelectric effect. And that piezoelectric effect speeds up the remodeling of your bone because your body's constantly tearing some bone down, old, brittle bone, and replacing it with new, fresh bone. That process of turnover increases if you're active. Correct. Okay. That's correct. All right, and then we talked. You talked briefly about hormones. You want to say anything more about hormones? Well, you know, as as women um, go into menopause and they start losing their estrogen and progesterone, it, there's a significant acceleration in in bone loss. So having those hormones present, and it's the same for males with testosterone. Once you start losing the testosterone, besides losing your sex drive, you also start losing bone. So in some cases, with people with low um, hormones, they're at increased risk for losing bone. So what we need to do is replace that. Again, kind of the, what, the way I was talking about before, it's a it's a normalizing feature. It's, it's, it's doing the thing that we can do to bring your body back to normal so that it functions as it should. If your hormones are low, then your bone deposition is going to be low. If your hormones are normal in the, in the right zone, you're going to be making bone better than you would before. Like everything, though, there's a downside to it. If your hormones are too high, then what happens is they stimulate the growth of things. Now, we like that. We like the growth of bone. We like the growth of muscle. We like the growth of skin. But we don't like the growth of tumors. Breast so cancer. You, breast cancer in particular is what we're talking about. So estrogen in too high a doses can and will, in fact, increase your risk of um, breast cancer. And if you have breast cancer, then especially if it's a breast cancer 
receptor positive, that is a, a tumor that's sensitive to the effects of estrogen, and then you absolutely positively have to avoid estrogen. And in fact, it's it, it, people with breast cancer, in some ways, will going to be an increased risk for osteoporosis. I mean, you might survive your breast cancer and then end up getting a fracture. So it's very important to do everything you can to keep your bones as healthy as possible as you're going through the treatments for breast cancer. That's that's correct. Okay. It's interesting that there's so much... Right now, there's there's so much publicity on breast cancer and breast cancer awareness and breast cancer screening, and there's not as much, in my opinion, on osteoporosis, which actually poses at least as equal of, of a health risk, and certainly there's more women that get it. One in eight women will get breast cancer, but one in two women will get osteoporosis. As a public health issue, it's osteoporosis is much more important. And again, it is silent. You just can't tell what you're getting. The only way you can really measure... Your bone mass is by getting a scan, particularly the DEXA scan is the best scan. That reminds me of another question that um, we didn't ask, which is I've, I've been to health shows before and had my heel measured as a way of screening for osteoporosis. What about that? How accurate is that? How useful is that? Well, I think it's it's useful in the sense that if you if you come up having bone loss in your heel, then you should have a DEXA scan. Now, if your heel scan is normal, it doesn't mean that you do not have osteoporosis. So as, as a quick screening test in, in a health fair, it's probably reasonable to look at, but it's not what they base treatment on. Yeah, and as you mentioned before, you may have uh, every part of your body have sufficient bone density, but if one part of your body is insufficient and you have osteoporosis in that one part, you have osteoporosis. You are at increased risk of fracture. You may not be such increased risk fracture on the parts that are nice and strong and thick with calcium and bone, but if you slip and fall and break your bone in the other part, there you go. You got a fracture. And the screening is not based on the heel. It's based on the wrist, the spine, and the hip. And again, tell us why the wrist and the spine and the hip. Why have why have uh, the um, DEXA folks picked those parts of the body? Because those are the three types of fractures that occur with osteoporosis. Yeah. So basically, you're looking where the fractures happen. Correct. That's what it is. You're not looking at people's kneecap. Yeah. yeah. And you break that, but that's not the that's not the danger area. And you're at risk for fracture of any bone, but those three are the ones that occur most commonly with osteoporosis. Okay. Uh, it's time for a break. Let's take a break right now, and when we come back, we'll do the health tip of the week. Don't give up. Good health is possible. We'll be back with more health talk. In health news, traces of arsenic and lead have been found in apple juice, chicken, rice, and some brands of baby food, according to a recent report to be published in the magazine Consumer Reports. Researchers found 10% of store-bought apple juice and grape juice have 25% more arsenic in them than the Environmental Protection Agency allows bottled water to have. At the current serving size, with one serving per day of the juice, the heavy metals will have no effect. But if the serving size is increased, children who are more susceptible to heavy metal poisoning may be affected. Researchers also found people who drink at least 16 ounces of juice a day had 20% higher arsenic levels than people who don't drink juice. The FDA recommends never giving infants juice, limiting child servings to one serving of juice per day, eating organic chicken where the chickens are not fed arsenic-lined grain, getting your water tested for arsenic, and if appropriate, to consult a doctor about getting yourself or your children tested for heavy metals. News you can use. This has been a Health News Minute brought to you by the Alaska Center for Natural Medicine. 
At the Alaska Center for Natural Medicine, we provide natural health care. Our doctors help you find and overcome obstacles to your good health. Now located at 3039 Davis Road. The Alaska Center for Natural Medicine provides acupuncture, pain management, massage, and naturopathic medical care. Call for an appointment at 452-3600. Insurance is welcome. The Alaska Center for Natural Medicine, here to help you reach your full health potential. Good health starts with an open mind. Time now for more Health Talk. Welcome back to Health Talk. Dr. Jeff Zuckerman is our guest today, and now it's time for the health tip of the week. This is the part of the show where you get to learn something particularly practical and useful. Dr. Zuckerman will give us one simple thing. It actually turns out to be three simple things we can do to improve our life this week. Dr. Zuckerman, what are your health tips? (laughs) Well, everyone should be on calcium, vitamin D, and weight-bearing exercise, whether you have osteoporosis or not. That's okay. my health tip of the week. Good. And that's an excellent health tip because that's going to do the most that you can do to um, decrease your risk of osteoporosis. Particularly, you didn't stress this, but I'm going to stress this too, is that young people should be doing this. Teenagers. Teenagers should be doing this. People in their 20s. That's when it counts the most. That's when you're going to get the best benefit. Okay, I'm not rant here. That's when you get your best benefit is if you're a teenager. So all the teenagers listening to the show... Vitamin D, calcium, and exercise. All right. Um, uh, Again, you can join our show, our conversation, by dialing us here at the studio at 458-TALK. And we do have a caller. Hi, welcome to Health Talk. Hey, um, regarding uh, men, what are the effects of too much testosterone? On bone mass? In general, because you mentioned too much estrogen for menopausal women uh, put them at an increased uh, risk of tumors. Well, it's the real problem is that it tends to um, make men more aggressive. It tends to uh, break their skin out. It tends to, um, you know, decrease their health overall. Doctor Zuckman, you want to add anything to that? Uh, you know, I I can't really comment um, on the effects that would it have on tumors, for example. Brett, it, it, it's prostate cancer is susceptible to the effects of testosterone, but it's not as straightforward as you think. It's not like if you get too much testosterone, you get prostate cancer, because in some ways prostate cancer is protected by testosterone. It depends on the form of the testosterone. Uh, dihydrotestosterone tends to be the form that's most closely associated with prostate cancer, but other forms of androgen hormones, which, you know, testosterone is one of them, sometimes are protective against uh, prostate cancer. This whole this whole picture of testosterone and prostate cancer hasn't really been um, nailed down exactly. Well, they did do an interesting study on men um, in their 90s and plus that died, and they looked at their prostates, and almost all of them had prostate cancer. Yeah, it's it's almost universal. If you live long enough, pretty much you're going to get prostate cancer. But it, it turns aggressive. out to be so slow and low that, yeah, that, that you wouldn't even know you had it, and it doesn't even matter, honestly. It doesn't really affect your life. So did we answer your question? Uh, yeah, thank, thank you. All right, thanks for calling in. And we have another caller. Hi, welcome to Health Talk. Hello, is that me again? Yes, it is. I guess I can call a second time. You surely can. Um. Well, uh, I've heard so much about cancers, and uh, once upon a time I heard that there were hundreds of cancers in nature, and um, and then the most assimilable ones, uh, calcium citrate, but then I've heard calcium lactate, and I really favor the idea of what I've read anyway, that calcium lactate might be the most assimilable or useful in the body. Um, what are the types that you would recommend? 
That's actually an excellent question. I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking that same thing, which is we've talked about calcium, but calcium is not one thing. Calcium varies quite a bit um, in terms of its absorptability. Now, the most, by far the most common calcium that's supplemented is calcium carbonate. It's cheap. It's plentiful. It's the, it's the calcium that occurs in nature most commonly. It's the stuff that's in oyster shell or in rocks or calcium carbonate. It's what's in Tums. Uh, the problem with calcium carbonate, though, is that the absorption is not great when stomach acid is low. Uh, in someone who's in the prime of their health, it's great because people have enough stomach acid to activate the calcium carbonate to be able to absorb it. But in folks with low stomach acid, the absorption is, as I mentioned earlier, is about 4% or, or so, depending on your situation. So there are other forms of calcium where the absorption is higher, even when their stomach acids are low. For example, calcium citrate or calcium malate or calcium lactate. Basically, you take the calcium and you attach a handle to it. Most of these are amino acids, but what you do is you make it easier for the body to absorb that calcium, which is great. The downside to it, though, is when you add a handle to the calcium, it makes it bigger. Now, you may wonder, well, who cares if it's bigger? It's still microscopic. But it makes a difference because when you're trying to get 1,000 milligrams of calcium in, instead of having only to take one small pill, now you're having to take six big pills. So the amount of pills that you take go up when you use these other forms of calcium. It's harder to get those high levels of calcium in. Now, since the absorption is better, you may actually not need so much calcium, but the research is really not clear on that. Mostly what the research shows is that if you're getting 1,000 milligrams a day, maybe even 1,200, maybe even 1,500, depending on if you're really at risk, you're going to have less osteoporosis than if you take lower amounts of calcium. You know, it stands to reason. It's common sense. You take more, you're going to absorb more. You know, one of the ways you can get around this low absorption thing is just take more. If you get a 4% absorption, you're, you're missing 96% of it. But if you double the amount you're taking, you're still getting a significant amount of calcium in. There is a downside of taking too much calcium. You, you end up forming kidney stones and gallstones. There so. is that. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually get calcium deposition into places where it's not supposed to go. And that's one of the problems by taking high levels of vitamin D. It could supercharge your calcium absorption so much that you actually get too much calcium in your blood. In fact, that is the number one uh, problem with too much vitamin D. That's the, the, the early signs of toxicity is your, your blood calcium levels will go up. So, I mean, everything in balance. I, I was wondering about the magnesium. I, I, when I take magnesium oxide, I can't. It just causes diarrhea, yeah, even in small amounts anymore. You're right. Magnesium and, oxide, again, it's the same story with magnesium that it is with calcium, which is there's lots of forms. Magnesium oxide is the most common the most cheap and the smallest form that's available. It's what's in most supplements. But if you take that magnesium, instead of doing an oxide, you add a handle to it and make it a magnesium malate, magnesium citrate, magnesium lactate, mag- a bunch of these kinds of things. Glycinate is another one that's commonly available. Orotate is another one that's available. What you do is you improve the absorption of the magnesium and you decrease the diarrhea effect. Milk, milk of magnesia. We all know that's, a, that's an effective treatment for um, constipation because of that lax of effect of magnesium. We don't really want that. We'd rather you absorb it than having it cause diarrhea. So what we use in our clinic is we always, always use a chelated form of magnesium, mostly magnesium citrate, because it's relatively inexpensive and it's easy to get a hold of. The stuff we use is called Natural Calm. Well, the citrate that I have seen, uh, bottles of citrate are for laxative. My mother used to have to keep a bottle in her refrigerator. It's a less laxative form than the oxide. It is. Yeah, okay. It is. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. And again, it's really important for the uh, for the deposition of bone. Uh-huh. Good, good questions. 
A lot of questions today, Dr. Dr. Zuckerman. Um, so we're right at the end of our show. I, again, I want to summarize the big picture here, which is DEXA scanning is the best way to figure out that someone is osteoporotic. Tell us again about your your uh, clinic and how people get, or your uh, uh, diagnostic imaging center and how people can get in touch with you. Well, we're, we're in the Washington Plaza off of Airport Way, a sweet bee-like boy. And um, you can, anyone at any time can come by. We'd be happy to show you the clinic and what we do. We do very, very extensive amounts of uh, ultrasound imaging, women's imaging, and DEXA scanning. So you guys are the best place in town for ultrasounds. You got the best equipment and the best broad spectrum of services you provide for ultrasound. And you do DEXA scanning. Absolutely. Hands down. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Um, Okay. So... um, Let's wind up our show. Um, Dr. Zuckerman, thank you for being a guest today. It was an interesting show. Um, it's such an important public health issue. I'm so glad you brought it to our attention, and I'm so glad you provide the service you do to be able to identify the people who are at risk for osteoporosis. I'd like to thank our engineer, Fiona, for pushing all the right buttons, mostly. And I'd like to thank our callers today. Excellent calls. It really enhances the show. I appreciate you taking the time and trouble to call us here because your calls a lot of times really make the show better and help the people who are listening. Um, I want to mention one other thing, too, which is the uh, uh, National Alliance for Mental Illness um, is a folks we've had on the show in the past. We're doing a fundraiser at the Alaska Center for Natural Medicine. Um, and I, if I had more time, I'd tell you more about it. But Basically, we're looking for funds. (laughs) Come down to the clinic. We'll tell you more about it. This has been Health Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Looper, here to remind you that better health is always a possibility. You make it a reality. And we'll be back next week. Happy trails to you Until we meet again Happy trails to you Keep smiling until then Who cares about the clouds if we're together